0: Thank you for tuning into the Melanated Scenes podcast. I'm Tiara, and I'm here to give it to you straight up, raw, no filter. So welcome everybody to today's Melanated Discussion. Today we are going to be talking about race America from the Latinx perspective, um, and we're just going to jump straight into it. So I would like to know if you guys think that race is an issue in the U.S.,
1: Issue.
0: Yes. Does anybody think that it's not an issue?
2: Well, I think it's an issue every single day. Every single day I'm worried about my daughter. Every single day I'm wondering how people are perceiving me. Every single day I wonder, you know, it's it. race is kind of like, it's like you, sometimes with interactions with people, you can't prove that it's because of your race, but you, you, in your heart, you feel like it is. And so you're constantly trying to battle that and negotiate it as you go and try to fulfill your dreams and try to get your goals met. Every day, every minute, it is an issue.
3: Hello, everyone. My name is Jasmine and I am originally from Dominican Republic. I moved to the States uh, 12 years ago and I do believe race in America is a problem. And I can agree in the sense that a lot of things happen every day, and it's so constant and it's so often that even talking about it, sometimes it sounds like, oh, it's just a cliche. Oh, it's not that serious. But it's because it happens so often. So it happens, it's so many little things, almost like microaggressions and racism, that because it's so often, people get tired of hearing about it, but it is true that one can feel like, oh, maybe it is because of race that I experienced X or Y.
0: Okay, and so since everyone is saying that race is an issue in the US, I'm curious to know how are Latin American people treated differently specifically?
1: So there's just so many, different aspects to it. I'm Myra and um, my family's from Mexico, Guadalajara. Um, Having the immigrant parents growing up, I didn't really realize what, how teachers, you know, different adults in, you know, stores and various places would kind of judge and just assume and think less of my parents or family due to how they speak and from there all these other ideas were I don't know to me it's so inhumane to to see and to have witnessed so much stuff happen within just you know my immediate family and to hear it's I don't know it's very inhumane I feel that some of it has changed but it also um, escalates from within the group also because My um, parents have said, you know, it's not just white people that have, you know, done racist acts. It's been within their own community. And so I feel that's just one little piece of it. There's so many different aspects that go into it.
2: One of the things that, um, by the way, my name is Cynthia. I'm from California. Um, My parents are, everybody's from California. We are, my mom is Mexican and my father was black. Um, but all of our family pretty much is from uh, California. Um, but one of the things that comes to mind uh, currently is the uh, the situation at the border with ICE um, detaining people who are trying to um, you know get some asylum and and separating children from parents and giving them medications without their without their parents' consent and not keeping track of where these kids are going in foster care that. To me, if this if it was, let's say, Germany or Canada or or uh, basically an Anglo country that was trying to do that, this would not happen. But because their skin is brown, it's happening. So that's that's um, it's unfortunate, but it's so blatant. And I don't I don't really have tolerance and I don't really understand people who don't get um, what's going on in uh, as far as that situation goes.
4: Hi, my name is Katia, and I'm originally from Colombia, and I've been in the States for 17 years. Um, So I have lived in different parts of the country, and I have experienced different kind of treatment. Um, Originally, when I moved to the States, I lived in New Jersey. I came as a U.S. as an au pair, living for an American family and in a very white um, town in New Jersey. So there was no diversity. So like, the first uh, form of racism that I experienced just was going to the store. I used to go with a friend of mine for, uh, from Peru. We were trying to learn like, the culture and try to learn, like, hey, if I go to the grocery store, like, how can I order? So like, we're trying to put in practice what you learn in English school with uh, the everyday life. So when we used to go to the store, like, it was a shop right uh, in the middle of like, the main street in this little town. Uh, people were just staring at us, like, what kind of people are these? Like, because we were different, because we have dark hair, and everybody there was, like, white and blonde and blue eyes. So it was, like, you get the the stare, right? Like, they're afraid to ask you things, but some other people, like, especially the, uh, the elder, they were more, like, trying to give us the dirty look. So wh- that was the first time in my life, that I have experienced racism. So and I used to tell the, my host family and I say, hey, commenting the kind of situation that I experienced. And I said, well, if you see that somebody is staring at you, just ask a question. Like, that, um, do uh, you need some, something or do you want to ask me a question? But I was kind of intimidated because I didn't want to raise any kind of concern because you knew in the country you don't know the law. And so it was just like, the first week I came here, I got a ticket because I was just still learning like how to like drive the car, respect the rules. So I was stopped by a police, like a white police guy. And he I didn't know that you're not supposed to get out of the car. So I got out of the car and I knocked at the police door uh, window. And he screamed at me, saying like, go back to your car. And thankfully, he didn't do anything like really bad to me. But when he approached me, he asked me, oh, no wonder why you acting like that. You came from Colombia. Nobody from your country respects rules over here. So he was very rude, and I was kind of concerned and scared, and then I like, started crying. And I said, well, I'm going to give you a ticket. It was a $100 ticket, and I'm talking about 1990, in 2003. That's when I came here. So that was like, very intimidating, and I just used to like, tell my host family, I don't feel safe. I feel that people are treating me not in the right way and I say, why a police officer that he's an authority he has to like bring the racism car like saying you are from Colombia and that's why you don't respect the speed limit so that was very like very shocking and then from that experience I just became more like to be quiet and to be like just stay on my lane and not try to cause any issues so instead of like I felt that I should have done say, I should have done or say something, but because of that intimidation, I just kept my mouth shut.
5: I'm Crystal. My parents are from the Dominican Republic. I'm from here, from Washington. Um, But I've actually had a similar situation with the police. Um, When I experienced racism, it was from one of the first, one of the first times that I had, because being from Washington, I was raised in a pretty diverse school, mostly why I've have a lot of diverse friends, mostly white. So for them, it's like, they don't, well, especially when I was younger, I didn't notice being treated different by the majority of them. Um, but when I went to, I went with this guy that I was dating at the time over to Idaho or Montana. So we drove through Idaho on the way back. I think it was, um, we got pulled over cause he was doing, he was like 15 over the speed limit in a red car with a different state plate. And then he would, he'd like just smoked weed. And we were both smoking, but he was like, he smoked way more than I did. So I was like, we're getting pulled over right now. So he busts like a U-turn or no, the cop busts the UA from where he was at. Starts following us, I see the lights. I was like, we're getting pulled over. And I take the weed that he had, I think it was in his glove compartment. And I was like, should I put this under the seat? You know, and this is like, right as weed is becoming legal. So I put the weed in my purse and then the cop pulls us over whatever. And he's like, when's the last time you smoked marijuana? Asking the guy I was with the driver who was white. And he was like, oh, just back in Montana when we left. Cause I'm pretty sure it is like legal partially or whatever in Montana. And he asks us to get out of the car. He searches my bag, searches the car and everything. He finds the bag of weed that's in my purse. And he's like, oh, um, the person I was with was like, that's my weed. Like she just put it in her bag, but it's mine. It was in the car, you know? So because the weed was in my bag, even though there was like an open, burnt, like blunt in the middle console, there was so much weed, there was papers, there was all kind of stuff in the vehicle with the both of us. I got a $650 ticket, a court date, and the white person that I was with got a $90 speeding ticket and that was it. Mind you they are they confessed that the weed was theirs, and they were high while driving, and there was a ton of weed in the car and stuff, but because it was me, they got the ticket.
6: My name's Adriana um, my family well, my dad is from Mexico, um, and my mom is half Mexican as well, but um, I could agree um with you, crystal I like. I feel like I grew up in a diverse area and I was very sheltered so you know growing up obviously my skin is lighter like so I didn't really experience a lot that I knew of you know I, I always told I was proud you know to be a Mexican growing up I was like I told everybody you know and so um, that's when I maybe got started to treat it like I never really noticed it. So I was kind of oblivious. Um, I would just get those little jokes from the, the kids, you know, like, Oh, like we'll just hire Adrian and family or like, Oh, well, you know, um, they're really good at that stuff. Like they can do it. They, you know, whatever, like um, just little stuff like that. So I guess, um, I never really started to realize it until like later in life and realize, you know, what's like really going on in the world and, how they weren't just little side remarks, you know, and starting to identify things more. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's segue into the
0: next question. So, um, we're going to go on a timeline from like childhood up into adulthood. And so I want to know the first time you guys found out that you were, uh, Mexican, Dominican, Colombian, or just different. Um, has someone pointed it out to you? I know at school for me it was just a being called a nigger situation. Um, And so I'm wondering for you guys, was there something that someone has pointed out that made you think like, oh, okay, I thought I was like all the rest of the kids. Uh, But now this person is making it very clear that I'm other. Or was it somebody in you guys' family who pointed it out? Like, while you were younger, somebody that you know that is like, well, you know you're this, so you need to make sure you act accordingly.
1: I would say I, I mean, I just knew because coming here, I only knew, I mean, being born here, parents don't really speak that good of, you know, English, only Spanish. I went to school only speaking Spanish, learning English at school but honestly I don't even remember I remember like playing with kids and and, like our house and things like that but I don't remember ever struggling learning English or having someone say speak English or anything like that um but I as I got into like grade school I noticed I mean when we moved in our neighborhood we were the only Mexican family there um I mean most of my friends were you know white or Asian or black, and um there was like no Mexican kids around, even at school. and I never really thought about it until like I mean growing up, my best friends were like my cousins, you know, they were all uh, Mexican too, and um I didn't really realize up until middle school like there's there was only a couple other Hispanic girls, and I only really was with like a group of you know other kids that were you know white Asian, black, you know and so and so. But as far as someone pointing it out, I wouldn't really think so. I mean, I don't remember. So um, the only thing is like the comment I made where people would kind of um, not like almost degrade my parents for, you know, not speaking too well of English. That's the that kind of like popped in my head. Like, oh, that's kind of weird. And my parents always said, you know, we're from here. Um, be proud of your family. of. You know, where we're from, because we would go to Mexico when we were young for like a month. And that was normal. I'm like, oh, you guys didn't go to your like family's place for like a month and like live there during the summertime. And I mean, I just kind of always knew. And thankfully, I never had a racial comment thrown at me as a child, you know, to be like, oh, it's an, kind of an issue for some people.
4: I grew up in Colombia and I moved uh, to the United States and when I was in my twenties. So I have never experienced some sorts of racism there because everybody was just like me. Uh, Everybody was Colombia, everybody was the same. We pretty much like where like the the school that I went to uh, most of my, um, it was a Catholic school. So the girls that came, we were like middle-class families and pretty much everybody was like even. But when I moved to the states, that's when um, I experienced like what being in Colombia means. So when um, I started like meeting Americans in in New Jersey, uh, they always have that, the drug car like throwing at me, oh, you're from Colombia, so the first thing that they said, oh, that's the country where Pablo Escobar is. That's like, do you have any cocaine? Do you have uh, any drugs with you? Uh, Are you a prostitute? And I say, well, like I don't know why you guys like, hear on TV or on the news, but I just came here to learn the language and also to just like to continue with my education. So I don't know like, why uh, you have to make those comments toward me, but I am really proud and I don't have to be offended by your comments. So I used to sell, tell people like that. And then by the way, like, Colombia is just not only drugs and prostitution. We have, um, a diversity and um, there that is a, a we're like a country like formed with people from so many different parts of the world we have uh, the blacks that came from Africa we have the Lebanese we have the Jewish we had the German so I used to tell people this is not what you think of Colombia we have a great uh, we have a jungle we have the Amazon jungle we have river, we have biodiversity, we have the best emerald in the world, we have coffee, we have things to offer. It's not just drugs and prostitution. So that was always I, I, I have to say something because I was um, not feeling uh, right when people were trying to point out at me that oh, you are Colombia, so therefore you this. So that was, like, the way to learn how to defend. And it happened like in the workplace when I moved to the South. It was just the same thing. Oh, the Colombian. And then it was just not the Colombian. I said, oh, you speak Spanish. You're the Mexican. So everybody was, like, always trying to. And I say, no, like, like Latin America is so different. It's just not only Mexico. So I'm from this country, like, Latin American is so big, like so many different countries, like not everybody that speaks Spanish coming is coming from Mexico. So they usually, I just like to make kind of like get upset, but I found a way to stop people and try to educate them because and I said, well, if they don't know better, I need to teach them uh, like what is my country, where my country is and what uh, we offer to the world besides cocaine and prostitution. Yes, just
3: to piggyback on that, Katia, I feel identified with your story in some ways. When I came to the United States, I was 17, and I grew up very sheltered. I mean, I didn't even hang out with too many kids when I was in the Dominican Republic. I have so many cousins. So I typically used to hang out with my own family, and we were middle-class families. So when I came here, actually, I experienced what was The meaning of being Dominican. And at that point, it wasn't even coming from a different, uh, it was coming from other Latinos. So I would be uh, learning that Dominicans were easy ladies or Dominicans had this specific accent, which is actually from the northeast of the island. There is an accent, but not everybody in the island has the same accent. But I very quickly learned how I needed to sound, the expressions that I would needed to use, because there were Dominican expressions. And using those expressions meant that I was Dominican, even though up to that point, I never even knew those expressions. So that's how my journey started to feel like, oh, I'm different. And I started for a period of time living my life, almost proving that I was not the stereotype because very often I would introduce myself. Uh, I remember just being very honest, going on dates, and maybe without a guy asking me for anything, I would be the one saying, I just want you to know that I am not that type of Dominican because it was so uh, hard for me, how I was basically defined and how I was told what it meant to be me. And Dominican Republic is an island, it's the Caribbean. There is definitely everything. There is, we are always proud to say, oh, we are such a mix. There is everything here. There is, you have all of the colors, you have all of the sizes, you have all of the uh, flavors, you have everything here. Mm -hmm. And coming to America and having to learn who I was just because of where I came from, it was really harsh for me because it's the first time that I experienced being defined so negatively. And at the very beginning, I mean, after the years went by, I started experiencing little things from different races as well. But originally, because I I came to New York City, so I was living in the Bronx at the time. And so I was interacting more with other Latinos. And that definition of what a Dominican is actually came from even other Latinos. And it was a pretty harsh transition, I would say, because I felt very confused. I still wanted to be so, I am so proud of being Dominican, but I found myself in this situation, having to almost learn something that was actually foreign to me, defining who I was supposed to be.
2: And I think for me, um, growing up in California and my mom, my parents being from California and my grandparents being from California, um, my mom was very good at teaching me to have Mexican pride, you know. And she would teach me a lot of the culture and um, and uh, just go over different things with me about uh, you know just Mexican culture and and family and values. And so it wasn't until the outside world told me, hey, this is a problem. Like, I can remember one of the first times I heard the term wet back. And I was like, what? what is a wet back? I don't get that. Oh, you know, these Mexicans that they have to cross the Rio Grande River and their back is wet. And I thought, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and I also thought, you know, well, isn't that a good thing? Like, if you're going to improve your life, isn't that what this? country is founded on isn't that what you know we all have except for slaves of course um but you know that's generally what um what this country was founded on so it wasn't it wasn't within my home there was always a sense of mexican pride my mom taught me about the chicano movement um just about the how you know the the native americans and the spanish you know that kind of made up a mexican and the mestizo indians and Different things like that, and I was always told that it was a, a great thing and something to be proud of. But it was all the all the feedback from you know the outside world where I learned, hey, this could be a problem. So,
0: Adriana, do you remember at all the first time that maybe you realized that you were a Latin person,
6: or you're on mute. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, growing up, like, my dad always tried to include some sort of cultured education with us. So he always, like, tried to, you know, keep it up. You know, we didn't, we saw my dad like every other weekend, but, you know, whenever we saw him, you know, um, he would try his best, I guess. Um, so I guess I kind of already knew that, you know, what I was. But when I started to realize it was different than everybody else, was um, growing up and like P I would I would get a lot of like we were talking about earlier, looks like what are you? Like you're you know, you're you're white but you're not really white, like what are you? I would get that a lot, you know, growing up just well what are you, you know? And I'm like, Well, yeah, Mexican, but you know, but like I found myself like I don't really ask people that a lot. Like that's just not I just feel like that's just, you know, there's different ways to ask, you know, and so I guess me realizing that that I was getting asked that a lot I was just like okay maybe maybe there's something different here I don't know like maybe people look at it differently and that's kind of where it started to grow um
1: and they're realizing different cultures and all that stuff so and just to add to that comment like what are you I would get that all the time too and I want to say this because and whoever's watching when you say oh you don't you don't look like a mexican girl you you're pretty for a mexican girl i'm like what does that mean like lighter complexion uh the whole city where my parents are originally from have light skin and hispanics my uh mom's grandmother had blue eyes blonde hair and when people would say that i would just kind of like i didn't know how to react honestly i would just be like okay but like does that mean you think hispanic or latino women are Ugly because they have darker darker complexions, different hair you know types and things like that, so that's why what does that mean yeah, what does that mean, and it's not a compliment when you say those things either
0: mm-hmm. so since we're kind of talking about the first time we found out we were different, so do you guys remember or have you guys had any experiences in school where you felt like um an educator, one of your teachers was? I don't know, treating you differently, and you felt like it was because of your race, or maybe they just blatantly said that it was. I know for a lot of Black people, um, you get deterred from taking like higher classes, or people are like, oh, you know, well, that might be too difficult. How about we just put you in this class? And it's like, no, like, I know that I can do this other class. Like, I don't need you to fucking tell me what class I need to take because you think that I'm stupid because I'm Black. Like, so, I'm curious if you guys have ever had any situations in school where um, an educator, it seemed like they were like trying to hold you down basically because they thought this is where you belong. I know a lot of people from the last one that I did last weekend said that um, they're uh, African women, a bunch of different African women. And uh, a few of them said that even the ones that were born here. United States. Um, one of their teachers took them aside and told them, okay, well, we're going to have to put you in ESL, you know, because you're from Ethiopia. And she's like, well, my family is from Ethiopia. I was born and raised here. Like, I don't need to go into ESL. Like, I, I, I speak English. Like, I don't even have an accent or anything. Like, I don't need to be put in ESL. But she was still forced to take these, cl- these ESL classes. So uh, I'm curious if this happens within the Latin American community um, uh, with, with teachers or if it's different because you guys have lighter skin, so then they don't assume that you're stupid. But I know what Black people, it's like an assumption almost that you're going to be, your, um, your aptitude within uh, academia is going to be lower than other groups of people.
1: Yeah, I would say I was in maybe second grade um i still remember the day they like pulled me out of class and they took me into this room uh with a couple other kids um and they had me like doing that uh reading phonics thingy uh the old thing and they didn't tell me why i was in there like i don't even think they told my parents why i was in there and i was i did it like i tested out of it and it was esl testing they were like you're gonna be placed in uh esl pretty much um but i you know i knew how to speak and read well and i don't know where that judgment came from i don't remember like i don't know if maybe the teacher had met my parents or i mean my mom specifically or what idea was behind the fact that i needed to go to esl to test out of it um so that was one incident and then sophomore year um my english teacher i had i don't remember her name but she was i want to say she was um She was Asian and I wanted to do the AP English. And she kind of looked at me and was like questioning. And I had a good grade in English already. Like I just wanted to get the AP class done for, you know, college, you know, and get that there. And it kind of like threw her off a little bit. And I kind of had to push for it a little bit more. And I mean, I got in the class, no problem. I didn't have to get, you know, my parents or anybody else involved. And then being in the class, I completely saw the difference with, the majority of it being white kids, um, a small group of Asian kids. And I only remember one other, I remember one good friend of mine and I wanna say his name on here, but one day we were debating on, <laughs> do you think money provides happiness? And my Mexican self and he was, uh, he, he's black. We were on the side where it does because financially, you know, at home, paying the bills, having food on the table, Having that money, you know, to care for your family, it does bring happiness. And this whole other group of kids, they were like screaming, like, "No, it's uh, materialistic!" Like, did it? Like all this, this complete other side. And even after trying to like explain to them, like, "No, we're talking about like financials and like being stable at home and having gas, you know, for parents take us to school, or like you know lunch money and things like that." So that showed me another side of it and opened my eyes a little bit more clearly.
0: right they don't get it because you guys are talking about stability and they're talking about material things because they already have their family already has money so they don't get it Mm -hmm. yeah anybody else like have any experiences with educators where you felt like it was kind of race driven
3: so I have only one and this is my high school but I I went to the New York School of Interior Design and the school is predominantly white. I mean, it's a very expensive school. And the only reason I went to that school is because it was the only school that had classes after 6 p.m., like a full curriculum. It was at nighttime. So I was a full-time, I was working full-time, and I needed to, in order for me to be in a school for interior design part-time, that was like the only school that was offering the program. And I remember that I needed to take actually an English class, but the school is very expensive. So it was like one credit was like almost $1,000. So in order to take like a English class, it was going to cost me about $3,000. And I have one friend that found an online school to take this English. The price was about $800 and the school accepted it. And she was able to take this English class at this online school and just bring the credit in. So I was like, okay, I am actually paying for school out of pocket because I'm part-time. I don't have time to take enough classes to even apply for student loans. So I'm paying for school and I'm taking a few classes at a time. And it was such a hassle for me because when I went to the advisor, she literally look, looked at me and he was like, yeah, you can really do that. And I knew I could because I have a French friend that just did it and the only reason I knew I could do it is because she did it and they convalidated a class for her and it was a bliss. What that meant for me is that I needed to speak with the dean of the school and it was a hustle for about a month in order for me to be able to take that class and for them to allow me to take other classes and bring the credit in. So obviously, as with everything in life, I'm here thinking, like, it cannot just be because of my race. But then I think again, and I'm like, why? Because somebody else did the exact same thing that I'm asking for, and it didn't look like it was such a hassle for her to just do that. And so high school, because, again, I, when I I was already done uh, with elementary school and high school, but it was more uh, college-level say.
4: So when I was taking English classes, and I have this teacher that she didn't like my accent at all. And I said, well, I wasn't born in the US. I'm always gonna have an accent. Even if I, for many English classes that I take, for um, as much as I wanted to change my accent, I am coming from the coast and in Colombia, and we have very strong accent. So it's just so hard for me to, like, not to be myself. So I was taking the class with this lady. So she was uh, my teacher in two different classes. So I was taking grammar, and I was taking um, accent reduction class. So she made me to repeat the accent reduction class three times because she didn't like the way I spoke. So, and I said, but what is the problem with you? You know that I have been studying English since I was in high school. And for me to be, like, an I, speak like as an american because i am not so she used to bring mirrors to the class and made me to be so embarrassed like calling my name put me in the middle of the the like the classroom with a mirror on my mouth like like looking at myself and i said look at my mouth look at how i point out my tongue and that's how you're supposed to speak so she used to make me to do those exercises in front of the class and it was so embarrassing and I used to cry, I used to be like uh, so frustrated. And she was the only instructor in that school. So I was like after three times, you know, like when you're a foreigner, you're you're paying for um, English um class as a foreigner, it costs money. So I was I, so upset because I could not go to other classes because she got me stuck in this accent reduction. So I had to speak with the director of the, the class. Uh, the, the director of the school and said, "I think she just has something against me, and because she keeps telling me every time that I need to take this class over and over again." So I talked to the the, the director and I said, "If she keeps doing that, I'm just going to switch school." And that's what I did. And I don't have money to throw away in just accident reduction class. And if she doesn't like it, well, that's her problem, not mine. So I ended up switching to schools, and that was like my only like experience that I have with educators. That is literally a perfect example of how some white people, when
5: they do have the power, they will choose to keep a person of color held back in their life because you're not doing what they want to do. But if you had a British accent or something else like that, maybe even Irish, they wouldn't care you would probably be praised for it. So that story literally has angered me right now.
4: Yes, yeah, she used to, like, uh, tell me, like, oh, you speak the same way you speak English and the same way the people in your city speak Spanish. And I said, what well, does it mean? Like, I ain't speaking Spanish in my country. I speak Spanish with my family and with my friend. But when I'm in America, I try to, like, be, like, sound as American as I can. But I'm not going to have a New Yorker or New Jersey accent. So it was just like, you know what? They just let me. Change schools, and I have better options somewhere else, and that's what I did. I ended up going to two different schools, and it were way better than the one I chose before.
0: Anybody else have any experiences from school or dealing with educators? It could also be um, college level, because I know in previous videos, some people also told me that they actually had more racial experiences when they went to college. Like one of the girls in the black one told me like the fraternities and sororities super fucking racist like they would have parties like yeah across the border parties and dressing up like mexicans or um wearing blackface uh in 2010 so this is not like uh this is not like this was like a long ass time ago this is it was in 2010 that people were in blackface and dressing up like mexicans and having a the border parties she also said that they would throw bleach bombs at black students on campus and all kind of stuff so i'm curious like uh once you guys went into college if you guys went to college um have you guys had more racial
4: experiences there i actually is an experienced the opposite when i went to my master's school i was um i enrolled to uh, to do like a dual like to do a degree like so i did like a year i took some in business classes and then one of the teacher he said, like, why are you spending money paying for business classes when you, you? I know that you already have the the skills to be in a master's degree in a program. So he was like, very nice. He was like, my marketing instructor. And he said, why don't we just get you ready for your MBA? Let me talk to the dean. And then we can set out an interview uh, with other professors from the uh, MBA class, so they can see your potential. So I was like, "What are you telling me?" And I said, "You are paying more money doing a dual role because you have to do like two years of like undergrad and then uh, 20 months of the business, uh, the the master's degree." So let's just cut that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to save you some money on the long run. So he organized the meeting with the the director and the the, the dean uh, of the school and also the different professors. And they did a like a pretty much like an interview like for two hours. So they saw my potential, and I said, you know what? We're not gonna make you spend more money. Like you, you had the skills. You're very smart. You, you have proof that you can you can be at the master's degree level. So they took me out for undergrad, and they let me enroll uh, into the master's degree uh, program, which ended up me saving me like almost twenty thousand dollars. So I was like, really surprised because I've been a foreigner in an like, American institution that was kind of like, wow, I can't even believe that somebody uh, did that for me. So that was like, very special. And I, I, I am so grateful to that, that professor. I, he's been one of my mentors. And I always tell him, I say, thank you for saving me that, that kind of money.
0: Yeah, that's, that's actually really good. That's what, how you would hope things would always go. even though they don't I'm glad that it did work out that way for you so let's fast forward to adulthood I'm curious how race shows up for you guys in your daily life or if
6: it does at all
1: I would say in Midland area you know Crystal and Tierra know where we grew up somewhat together in this area right um it's really diverse like there's a lot of you know a lot of people of color here in my neighborhood specifically i mean that's not an issue ever that i've noticed but we do stay to ourselves mainly over here in a little corner um but i mean i know we're not to the topic of work yet and i know we'll get there but that's more where it comes up in um as far as like ever moving whenever i think about moving up north or where you know there's more white people i think about that i'm like is that going to be an issue like i mean I mean, I'm light-skinned, but my boyfriend, i mean, he's Asian. He looks Mexican almost. He gets it all the time. And then our girls, they're a little bit darker toned. And I always think, I'm like, there are going to be issues arising left and right because they're looking at us like, oh, they can afford to live up here. Like, they're going to be asking questions. And I think about the future of it because I haven't quite experienced that whole aspect here. And I'm thankful for that. But I feel like even if it does come to face, I'm gonna have to know what to do, what to say, because just as an example for my girls, we're gonna have to probably deal with this for, you know, ever because it doesn't seem like it's, you know, progressing much. So that's my thoughts on it a little bit.
6: Um, I personally haven't experienced a lot. Um, I live in Sumner. It's mainly a white town. Um, my sister though, we live in this little, Little neighborhood, but and and we only have like room for one um, car to park outside. So there's this little parking area for our specifically our neighborhood. It's just down the street. Um, but I'm one night, my sister was walking to our house from that parking lot, and there is this lady in her car, and she saw her walking, and my sister had her hood on, and she was just like following her, and she, my sister turned around, and she's like, "Do you even live here?" And my sister was like, um, yeah. And she's like, well, which, which house do you live in? Because I've never seen you around here before. And there's people breaking into our cars. And um, I, I can guess you know why this is a little suspicious and blah, blah, blah. blah. And she's like, what, what the hell? Like, I'm just walking to my house. I'm not going to tell you where I live. And she's like, no, I'm just going to follow you home. So we make sure that you actually live here and whatnot. And she's like, I'm not going to walk home if you're going to be following, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'll am stand here all night if you want to, you know? So it was, I guess like, and I had heard something outside because my window was open and then my sister, she finally came in because there was like some yelling or whatever. And she told the whole thing and I was just like, that's just, it's just crazy to me. You know, it's just like, it's the the parking lot is not even that far away. And there hasn't been any break-ins to any of those cars that at least I've heard of, you know, they would, The uh, management company would report that to us, you know, or I would know maybe it would have been my car that got broken into, you know, like just little things like that. It's just like, why do you care so much? Like who gives you the authority to make sure that people live where they do or they're doing what they need? Like you have no right to come up to anybody, you know, like I just, I don't understand where people think they get their authority from,
5: but. I had a situation that pissed me off with my neighbor. Um so we have like newer neighbors, the neighbors on our left side, they've been there for forever. They're black. They're just fine, great neighbors. I love them. The other ones, they're newer. Only a couple years they've been here. Um so I have an old car, you know, and I I started it in the morning to go to work. And it locked itself while it was started and all the windows were up. So I'm like stuck outside of this running vehicle. And I'm like, w- this is like worst case scenario ever. So my neighbor comes out, he's white. um, And he's like, offers to help me with my window. And I'm like, thank you, God, you are an angel. So we're sticking um, like the ganchos, like a wi- the wire hangers through the freaking window. We're trying all this different stuff to do, whatever, whatever. And then after we've been working on it for so long, he's like, okay, I'm going to put the hanger in through the front window and try to do something from this angle. Basically, he was telling me he was going to take it from a different approach. And all I said was just do it. And that's all I said. He said he was going to do something. I said, just do it. And he was like, he paused what he was doing. He was like, don't tell me you're one of those people who supports uh, the kneeling during the national anthem on the football field. Homie, what? I'm talking about fixing the window. Right. So he brings us up out of nowhere. And I was like, uh, yeah, actually I do. It's a peaceful protest and look at what's going on in America. This was when Kaepernick, that whole situation just popped off, you know? And um, he's like, see, that's where you and I don't see eye to eye. That's where we don't get along. I'm like, bitch, can you fix the fucking window and, like, open my car door and leave, like, (laughs) so he did actually open it, but that shit pissed me off, and even though I was grateful for the gesture, I even brought him, like, a case of beer later on in the day or whatever, Um, small case, six-pack was what I found worthy, Uh, I was like, yeah, I don't understand how It's like, I felt like this white person in his mind, I don't know if he'd been waiting to try to see my perspective on that because he knows that I'm very proud Dominican, very proud, not white. Um, It was a weird situation. It was like in his mind, he connected that to like, what's going on with the police brutality when it had nothing to do with that situation. Like he was just waiting to kind of have a racist freaking thing to say or do for no
1: reason they like to voice their opinion that's probably why he brought it up they want to say what they think what they say goes like it's all about them right they'll take what they say and then it just goes right out the window they don't they don't care
2: <laughs> one of the things that um we we used to live i live in southern california so we moved from uh riverside to uh Morongo valley which is a uh, very rural it's very beautiful but it's very rural Um, and people have horses chickens cows and I love it here but that was one of the things that that we considered like we had to ask our real estate agent is it safe up here for you know minorities my husband is Mexican I'm half Mexican and so that's something that every time we go to the store or we're out, we're constantly on alert. You know, are we the only minorities? You know, are these people receptive to us? Are people giving us attitude? Um, We're just on high alert all the time, and yes, it's our choice to live here, and I wouldn't trade it. So far, our neighbors have been great. We have some Latino neighbors on the right of us, and then across the street are Anglo neighbors, and everybody's been great. We're very good to each other, but it is a concern. You know, We see a lot of, um, I hate to say it, but sometimes I get scared when I see those oversized trucks. I don't know if you guys have them in Seattle, but they're oversized trucks, and in the middle of the bed, they have the big uh, flagpole with the American flag that's very big over here and um, yes it's an American flag <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean that you know you know we the people and all of that it's it's uh, it's a little just puts us on high alert so we are um, I'm always always surveying what's going on um, because we live in an area where it's mostly white and it is rural. And sometimes there are different political views and it it makes it challenging. Um, I also have a brother and sister who are half white and half Mexican. So that is probably where I endure my, it's hard to be, you know, a minority every day because they don't have the same experiences that I do. And we go, I go toe to toe with my sister trying to explain to her why I'm offended by the Confederate flag and it goes deep and I am like morally injured by trying to convince people that I matter you know and my experience matters and what you're doing what you're posting is hurting me is hurting your niece Um, so coming from a family where we have everything from white to dark dark brown it, it makes it difficult and but I would say that my, probably my family, uh, is, is the biggest challenge because we are, we don't, you know, walk in the same shoes.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And I also want to add most people who are driving around with the flag hanging off of their truck or their car is usually somebody who's racist as fuck. Like I don't see, I don't. there's, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I love America, but they don't feel the need to carry around a flag. The people who are racist as fuck are the ones carrying around the flags. or They atta- know what they're doing. Or attaching them to their car because they're sending a signal. Like, I'm letting you know something without having to say it. Ugh.
1: Well, in July, we went to uh, Thousand Trails uh, past Centralia where Gabe's brother was camping. We went to hang out. We stopped in Centralia uh, to get some stuff at Safeway, and he got out. I sat in the car. And we saw this big-ass truck with the Confederate flag it just drive on back. And you know, over there, it's predominantly white people. And we were just oh my God, people are idiots. It's like, really, on 4th of July. That's what you're gonna, and I'm sure he does it year-round, but we were just like, oh my God, really. I'm like, we shouldn't stay here too long because who knows what's gonna happen.
0: So you guys have, um examples or experiences that you can share where you've experienced uh, racism within the workplace or maybe it's not blatant racism but it's uh, like microaggressions against you in the workplace that you know are uh, race driven
1: I've had a few at my previous employer and it's it was more of like trying to be funny about it and this was my boss and um i'm not there anymore but at first it was kind of funny like i i have dark humor like dry humor i mean and so i mean we make fun of each other and whatnot but he would start to like really push it over and over again where we would go to a, a restaurant like a mexican restaurant and be like oh myra is this the kind your mom makes is this the is this authentic? Like, Oh, what's that one drink that, Oh, I love it. It's the horchata or he would say it's so chopped up on purpose to try to be funny about it. And like, uh, talk about lengua tacos and like, and I'd be like, yeah, I love lengua tacos, but he would make a joke out of it. Like, Oh, you know, my other employees, Oh, do you guys want to try some? And they would be like, Oh, no. And then he would do it over and over again to try to be funny about it. Or even like, um, To say like, oh, does, you know, maybe your mom have like a food truck or want to do like a food truck and like sell her food and like those kind of aggressions where I would just be, I like, I got to the point where I would ignore him, like he would be talking to me and I would just, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't look and I wish I would have done more about it, but I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really think about it. And I just, at that point, I stopped responding. I stopped laughing about it. And then he stopped. Like, after a while, he wouldn't say anything. He would talk about other stuff, like sports and things like that, which is whatever. But it was those tiny little things that after a while, it pissed me off. I was like, that's, you're just kind of judging and think it's a joke. Right. Like, yeah, right. My, my mom cooks bombed. it doesn't mean you're going to say, oh, does she have a food truck? Does she have a restaurant? Is she, you know, cooking for the family? Like, what are you having for dinner? Like, all this kind of crap.
0: Right. Why like, are you assuming that uh, mom wants to have a food truck? Like,
5: Because if your mom was white and threw down in the kitchen he wouldn't ask if she had a food truck if he asked about her food he would say does she have a
1: restaurant
5: or a cafe it wouldn't even be a food truck too on top of that exactly
1: I was irritated about it but I mean and then in like elementary school um my mom would come to field trips all the time and my white boyfriends all he they loved her they loved her whatever and she would bring a con leche just because, you know, one time she was like, oh, here, take this to school for a party or whatever. And then from that day, um, all the white boys, they're like, oh, my God, your mom, like, not disrespectful, not trying to be funny, like, more respectful than my adult boss saying, like, oh, when's your mom coming? Um, Ask her, please, like, well, um, can she come and, like, make the arroz con leche and da, 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 like, all this stuff, like, being way more respectful and kind about it than my boss, you know? someone that's gone to colleges and, you know, supposedly knows how to act professional.
4: Hi, I just wanted to comment about this uh, question, and uh, the question that Justiera uh, asked. When I was working in aviation sales, I, I was working in, in Atlanta area. So I was like one of the, uh, the minorities in, in that company. So it happened that every time that a police officer or like a police car passed by the, the office, I have this white guy that used to tell me, hey, Katia, go hide in the warehouse that they're coming for you. They're going to, they're coming to deport you. So, and I used to tell him, I said, well, if they're going to deport me, they have to get the Canadians ladies that work here too, because they're foreigner." He said, no, but you're Mexican. So. Like uh, just coming here because maybe you don't have the papers, and I used to tell him. I said, "Well, that sounds like you sound like a, such an idiot." Because, as you know, I um, I was married at the time to an American guy. So, and I said, "As you know, that I have Smith uh, Smith as a last name. So, if they're going to deport me, I don't know. Like, I don't have any any, any anything to hide. I can show. I have my my work permit. I have my green card." So, like, why you always have to make that comment? So, he used to piss me off every morning. So, he was just to come by my desk and say, hey, good morning, my Mexican. So, I was like, got to the point that I said, like, if you come here to my desk just to tell me that, I'm just going to raise a concern with HR. So, he stopped. But it was mostly, like, the racism that I experienced were from, like, white male and and they were, like, just, like, simple co-workers, and I didn't understand, like, why is that, like, why they have to, like, choose me to, to be, like, the target of, of like, a comment or, a, like, just, like, just because I have an accent and because I look different than them. So I was just, like, I guess at the guinea pig, uh, they didn't mess up with the Canadians, they didn't mess up with the people from Copenhagen, that they also have an accent. And they're also were in the same situation like me, that they were all like an a green card holder. So I was just like, as soon as I mentioned that I'm going to talk to HR, so this guy stopped. So, and then then he used to like, when he left the company, he was trying to like be like apologetic for like what he did. And, and I said, dude, this is too late. Like you should have done it. When I told you for the first time, this is not funny, like, do you think, because every time it that like I'm a criminal, that the police is just gonna come in to deport me that I have to go hide in at the warehouse. So those comments were like very um, racial and racist and, and then you should have, uh, like, think better before say something. Because at the end, like, you are a mature person, you're educated, and then you just sound like a stupid, just making those comments in the workplace.
0: Right. And you know what? Another thing that I want to point out that a couple of people have said something about is why is everybody always trying to tie a negative connotation to being Mexican? So I hear a lot when other Latin American people are referred to as a Mexican and they're not actually Mexican. First of all, I want to say, why do other Latin American people always want to make it a point to say, I'm not Mexican? And another thing that I want, I understand, no, you are not Mexican, but it's like, you're trying to say you're not Mexican because you know there are negative connotations tied to being Mexican. It's not just because you're not Mexican. And the other thing too is that what the fuck is wrong with all these white people always thinking everybody is Mexican and that that's funny that they need to say, oh, hey, what's up, my Mexican? Like, what the fuck are you talking? Why do you even need to say this?
3: Do you say this to the Chinese person over here? Do you say this to them? Yeah, like to that, I would say that like, I before my previous job, I like worked in Mexico for like two and a half years, going there, and I always used to say I'm half Mexican in my heart because I love everything. And I came to Washington, and I said I, I'm Dominican, I'm this like, Caribbean island, and people started telling me, "Oh, I've been to Mexico or making," and I clearly like I I think I I couldn't look more Dominican technically, but. I'm like, I would be bothered because I'm like, I love everything, but the core of my identity is being Dominican. I think that is like an overarching, in Amer- I think this is in America to be honest, because I've never experienced that anywhere else where there is so little knowledge about Latin America. There is so little knowledge about the different cultures, the fabric of South America, the Caribbean, the only point of reference they have is literally Mexico, and the only point of reference they have is what they see on TV because half of the people have not even gone to Mexico to even know what Mexicans are supposed to look like. They literally have a narrative that they learned in TV somewhere, in some show somewhere, and all of a sudden, this is what they know. And they, they, it's like if there were different categories, like, oh, if you're darker skin, you're black. It doesn't even matter where you come from, it doesn't even matter anything, that's who you are. If you are brown, it doesn't matter that how many countries are in South America, the Caribbean, Central America, it doesn't really matter. You're Mexican, or, or like that's kind of their point of reference. You're white, it doesn't even, they don't even care if you're European white, where you're, where you're from, like the conversation, if you're white, like the conversation doesn't matter that much. It's like, oh, okay, sure. And so I think like in my personal experience, it's more like I do conference somewhere and I'm so proud and I love it. And I think there is so much beauty and so much to offer. And I wish the opportunity to even be asked, oh, are you Dominican? What is Dominican Republic or anything, as opposed to telling me their narrative about Mexico, which is unrelated at that point in time. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people leave this experience where it's like, oh my God, I have I have something to say if you care to ask. But now our time is going to me be, be about me telling you what I'm not, as opposed to me be, me telling you what I what I, I am. And I think. It's, it's difficult, but I think we've talked about it before that I have to be like, just listen to people and be like, well, let me tell you where I'm from <laughs> and, and try to educate people. But it's tiresome because I shouldn't be, like, I shouldn't have a script that I already memorized and I have, like, ready to go when I get these comments. Like, I literally have it, like, I have it ready for when it comes because it happens so often. It's just tiresome. It's just tiresome to have to uh, explain where I'm from to the point that now now when I meet people, I made a point to say, hey, I've only lived here for this amount of time. I'm from the Dominican Republic, which is a Caribbean island. Like I say all of this at the beginning of my introduction, just because I'm like, let's get it over with. Let's like not make it a thing. It's not a fly on the wall. Let's just let me just explain to you too, from the very start, so that you, we can move on with whatever conversation we were supposed to have in the first place. It's just very annoying. At least, at least in my experience.
0: All right, I hear you, but I want to know from you, Crystal and Katya. Can you guys confirm that people within the Latin American community? make it very clear that they're not Mexican, because there's also negative connotations tied to being Mexican. Because I feel like a lot of people want to graze over that and act like it's not a thing. But people do not like being Mexican, just like people don't like black people. So people will make it very clear that, oh, no, I'm not black, like African people. When I talked to the the African people last week, I told them, you guys make it very clear that you are not black because you know there are negative connotations tied to being black, you let people know. No, actually, I'm African. My family is from so-and-so. It's because there's negative connotations tied to being black. So can you guys confirm that this is a thing that people try to remove themselves from Mexico, not only because you're proud of being from where you're from because it's, there's a difference in calling out that, oh, hey, actually I'm from here, versus saying, oh, no, I'm not Mexican. Like there's a huge difference. And so I'm asking you guys, the people who are not Mexican on this call, can you guys confirm that that's like actually a thing in Latin America, like in Latin American communities?
5: Hell yes, that shit is a thing. And I see it all the fucking time. Mexicans have been getting shitted on by the Latin community like crazy. And you'll go to some places like some Spanish, like from Spain, people are racist against Dominicans, whatever, people have died over it, you know? But just blanketed, Mexicans get shit on by all the other Hispanics. Just like you're saying how people don't wanna be black. Any dark person, you're getting it the worst no matter where you're from. Cause nobody wants to be dark because they have that bad that bad thing behind it. And I don't know why the same, people, the same reason why, I don't know why so many white people hate black people. You, you know, I don't know why people shit on Mexicans. I don't know why, why Hispanics don't wanna be Mexican or whatever but and then if you even if you are it's like okay well you know i'm dominican but at least i'm not dark or yeah but my hair is isn't super curly or isn't nappy or whatever the fuck they'll say like even growing up um with my sisters cuz i have four older sisters two of them cuz we would always like roast each other and they'd be like whatever crystal you look like you're a mexican and that was like an insult you know because i have the uh like a brown color and some people have asked me if I'm Mexican or whatever. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a, a bad thing at all, but I don't know why in Hispanic communities, even in the novelas, they portray Mexicans. It's like they they are hiding what so many Mexicans look like under what they perceive to be beautiful. Like There's nobody that's really dark. There's nobody who looks like the the Taino Indian. There's nobody that looks like that whole, I don't even know, Myra, maybe you can correct me or any of anyone else on here who is part Mexican, correct me on the culture. Like, I don't know if it's like the Aztecan look or whatever. It's part of your culture, but it's like, I don't know why the fuck it gets shitted on. I don't understand it. And I don't actually know why people, why for Hispanics, they don't want to be Mexican. I was just like, I was raised knowing um, it's better to be Dominican than it is to be Mexican. It's better to be Puerto Rican. It's better to be um, Ar- Argentinian, whatever, than it is to be Mexican. But I I don't get it. Kind of like I don't get why it's better to be anything but Black, you know?
4: Yes, I don't get that connotation either. I just simply, when they try to refer me to, hey, are you, um, oh, you're a Mexican. I say, no, actually, I'm Colombian. It's- like they said what is the problem of you like calling the people i guess because of the proximity with the united states and and that was maybe the first exposure of like um uh, somebody from latin america that's the culture that spoke spanish i believe it's just for the proximity and then because the people that uh, immigrate to the states that uh, you know in, in those like the border states with mexico you know is the predominant and um, most like mexican communities so I guess they migrated to the north and then that's what I see that the connotation are calling everybody Mexican because they didn't know better. as you know, like a lot of like uh, Americans are not, they don't, they don't go to see a map where Mexico and where the rest of the Latin America look like or like, it just, they refer maybe to Mexico because it's just right there, like said, oh, you're can Canadian right? because maybe it's like the proximity, but I never have like, I see it in the Latin community that is on, races are like going against each other oh, i'm better than you because maybe they do the comparison with soccer we can because the soccer team is better than yours so that's what i see in latin america like the people from argentina i believe that they're better because they look more european they look more italian than the rest of the other the other in a, in a south american countries and so like in colombia we have a diversity of everything so it happened that i i like skin because of my grandma a great grandma, but it's not because something else. It's just like I have my curly hair and I'm proud of it. I don't have to hide that and I don't have to, like, and I said like somebody like said, like, oh, if you don't if you don't talk, you look like a white girl. I always, I get that a lot. Like, as soon as you open your mouth, well, we know that you're Latina. And then I said, maybe you're from Mexico, maybe your accent is different. So i just don't know why mexico gets um picked on i don't get it maybe like you say like the novela it, i just believe because of the proximity with the united states and that the first exposure to um the latin community just here in the u.s that's my guess i don't have an answer for that but i just like assuming that is that because that there was maybe the first immigrant that they saw coming to the u.s and then i said okay these people are coming from Mexico, and then everybody else that look like them, they're therefore Mexican.
0: Okay, well, I'm about to interject right there, because Mexicans aren't the first people to immigrate here. This is Mexican people's land. Mexican people come from indigenous people being raped, and then now you have Mexican people. So uh, let's just clear that up for everybody who doesn't know anything about history. Mexican people didn't come here. Mexican people were already here. Thank you. I didn't want to graze over something that came up of oh, well, you know, I just want to be, you know, say that, no, I'm from here because I'm proud of it. And it's like, no, but I want to also uncover that this thing goes deeper than just being proud of a place that you come from. Because I feel like a lot of people try to graze over things like that and then move on and say, oh, we're united. We're all Latinos. We're all blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but you're not though. So let's just address things as they come
3: up.